Hey y'all, welcome back as we continue our journey through the book of Ezekiel and the prophecies and visions that God is giving to Ezekiel to give to the leaders and the people of Israel and Judah in Jerusalem. And we are on chapter 23 as we continue in verse 23, verse 1, it says, This message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, once there were two sisters who were daughters of the same mother. So this was when Israel was united as one. And this chapter, just so you know, it, it reads a lot like chapter 16. And he's speaking to Israel and Judah. And they were once united. They were one once one person. And... It continues in verse three. They became prostitutes in Egypt, even as young girls. They allowed men to fondle their breasts. The older girl was named Ahola, and her sister was Oholaba. So Ahola refers to Samaria, and Oholaba refers to Jerusalem, the southern tribe. So Samaria was the capital of the northern Israel, and Jerusalem was the capital of the southern area. And this chapter, it really is, Israel has a chance to respond to these warnings and to these outlines of what's happening. And it shows how they have prostituted themselves to idols and the pagan nations around them. They desire to be and do like the pagans around them rather than being set apart, holy and reflecting God's glory in their lives. And they're pursuing political adultery and spiritual adultery and like we said before, the only answer to any of this is is God in turning to God and trusting God and believing in God. And this chapter is a bit graphic just to, um, as we head forward, just if there's any small ears, maybe listen to the chapter first before you have small ears listening, because um, he really expounds on the level of idolatry and lusting after what other nations have and what the pagans are doing and what the people who are not following God are doing and how they put their idols and false gods ahead of and before God. And victory only comes through God. And Israel, Israel's victory comes through God. Our victory comes through God. Any person's victory can only come from God. Our stock is only in God, not in leadership not in the people we listen to online, not even in me. My Your hope is not in me. It is in God and God alone. God speaks through his word, and I hope to bring the word forth in a way that it is understood and makes sense. But God's word is God's word. It's not my word. And we put our stock in God and God alone. And at the end of all, Israel is going to cry out in the end. Jesus is coming back. He is returning. And he once they realize everything that has happened, they're going to look and say, I can't believe we missed this. It was right here the whole time. God has been with us the whole time waiting for us to turn and repent. And like I'm speaking now today and in this time, in these warnings that are coming before Jerusalem gets toppled over, they could have listened and repented also. It was their sin that toppled Jerusalem over in it their their sin and their lust affair and their love affair with pagan gods and pagan rituals and pagan worship and worshiping everything except God. The city of Jerusalem was destroyed because of this. And this prophetic word of judgment and coming destruction is not heeded. And we're going to continue cautiously ahead. I married them and they bore me sons and daughters. 
I am speaking of Samaria and Jerusalem, for Ahola is Samaria, and Aholabah is Jerusalem. Then Ahola lusted after other lovers instead of me, and she gave her love to the Assyrian officers. They wanted the Assyrians. They desired to be like the Assyrians. So God set them free and said, look, there you go. Have the Assyrians then. And the Assyrians come in and take over, and they end up in exile by the Assyrians, and they're destroyed by the Assyrians. The very thing that they were lusting after and attracted to ended up destroying them, and that is how sin is in our lives today. The very things we lust after and desire more than God, they end up destroying us. In verse 6, it continues, They were all attractive young men, captains and commanders, dressed in handsome blue charioteers, driving their horses, and so she prostituted herself with the most desirable men of Assyria, worshipping their idols and defiling herself. For when she left Egypt, she did not leave her spirit of prostitution behind. She was still as lewd as in her youth when the Egyptians slept with her, fondled her breast, and used her as a prostitute. So what she gave into in temptation ended up destroying Israel. It ended up destroying her. And that happens in our own lives. When we give in to temptation and fall into sin, it ends up destroying us. And God does not want to see us destroyed. He calls out and wants, and he says, no, don't do it. He cries out to us to choose him to resist temptation and stay away from sin so we don't end up hurt and destroyed and desolate. It breaks God's heart when we choose sin over him. In verse 9, And so I handed her over to Assyrian lovers, whom she desired so much. They stripped her, took away her children as their slaves, and then killed her. And she received her punishment. Her reputation was known to every woman in the land. And that happened in 722 BC. Northern Israel fell to Assyria. And Assyria takes over and... They are lost. They are gone. They are scattered. And we do know, because it is spoken throughout scripture, that there is still a faithful remnant that is scattered, that remains firm in God and stands firm and refuses to be shook by the culture and world around them. In verse 11, yet when Ohilabah saw what had happened to Ohola, her sister, she followed right in her footsteps, and she was even more depraved, abandoning herself to her lust and prostitution. She fawned over all the Assyrian officers, those captains and commanders in handsome uniforms, those charioteers driving their horses, all of them attractive young men. I saw the way she was going, defiling herself, just like her older sister. So here we have Israel and Judah with the focus on Judah this time. And they all fall. They all are unfaithful. And they all choose idols and false gods. And they even sacrifice the children God blessed them with, God's children, to false gods, burning them alive. In verse 14, Then she carried her prostitution even further. She fell in love with pictures that were painted on a wall, pictures of Babylonian military officers outfitted in striking red uniforms, handsome belts encircling their waists, and flowing turbans crowned their heads. They were dressed like chariot officers from the land of Babylonia. When she saw these paintings, she longed to give herself to them, so she sent messengers to Babylonia to invite them to come to her. So they came and committed adultery with her, defiling her in the bed of love. After being defiled, however, she rejected them in disgust. 
So they thought what they saw was better than God. It was better than what they had. And they sought after what the other nations had and wanted to be like and with and pursue the other nations. They lusted after the other nations. They fell in love with the pictures. And what does that sound like? What does America struggle with more than any other nation? Pornography. It is a sin. It is awful. It drives the sex trade industry. It hurts children. It's corrupt and disgusting. And it defiles God and his holiness and who he is. Satan sits out to steal, kill, and destroy. And it always catches up. Compromise, even if we compromise a little bit with sin and temptation, it will kill. And it killed the northern kingdom. And there is, other than the scattered remnant who remains faithful and firm in God and refuse to be shook, it killed the, the the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom is about to get destroyed as well. And when we fall into that sin, it brings death and corruption and, and it hurts us. It hurts people around us. It hurts the children. It hurts the women. It hurts the men. It hurts everyone involved. It is a, a disgusting tool that Satan uses to corrupt God's people. And it is a problem. Pornography is a problem in our nation and in a lot of our churches. It is there. It needs to be stopped. It needs to be turned away from. It needs to be burned. It is, it's awful. And everything behind that whole industry is quite disgusting. In verse 18, in the same way, I became disgusted with Oholiah. Aholiba and rejected her just as I had rejected her sister because she flaunted herself before then and gave herself to satisfy their lusts. Yet she turned to even greater prostitution, remembering her youth when she was a prostitute in Egypt. She lusted after lovers with genitals as large as donkeys and emissions like those of a horse. And oh, so Ohilaba, you relive you relived your former days as a young girl in Egypt. Then when you first allowed your breasts to be fondled. So they pursued Babylon. They wanted Babylon and they pursued spiritual prostitution and they passionately went after false idols. They threw God to the side and everything that God had blessed them with, they, they gave to the false idols and the false gods and the, the, the political desires and the financial desires and the wealth and the industry and the materialism. And it just sounds so much like our world today, y'all. It, it really is. And I can't help but sit here and read this and say our judgment is coming because there is a faithful remnant that is standing firm and refusing to be shook. And I pray that there's more and more and more and more and more that come to be part of that faithful remnant. But there is a world of prostitution around us in every way. Idols, financial, wealth, materialism, sexual immorality, you name it, it is around us. It is it's, I heard a quote, I can't remember who said it, but if God doesn't judge America, then he has some explaining to do to Saddam and Gomorrah. That's how I feel we are. That's where I, I can't remember where I heard that, but I heard someone say that and it really stuck with me. I was like, yeah, you're not wrong. We, there is so much corruption around us in this culture, which is why it's so important more than ever before to filter, to not compromise, to stand firm, to not be shook and say, no, God first, God foremost, only God, only God will I worship. He alone is king. He alone is just, and he is the only one I want. Nothing else matters. Everything else is going to disappear. 
he is the only eternal one and he's the only one I care about, the only one I love and the only one that has my heart holy. In verse 22, we'll continue. Therefore, Oholibah, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I will send your lovers against you from every direction, those very nations from which you turned away in disgust. For the Babylonians will come with all the Chaldeans from Pekad and Shoah and Koah, and all the Assyrians will come with them, handsome young captains, commanders, chariot officers, and other high-ranking officers, all riding on their horses. They will all come against you from the north, with chariots, wagons, and a great army prepared for attack. They will take up possession on every side, surrounding you with men armed with shields and helmets. And I will hand you over to them for punishment, so they can do with you as they please. I will turn my jealous anger against you, and they will deal harshly with you. They will cut off your nose and ears, and any survivors will then be slaughtered by the sword. Your children will be taken away as captives, and everything that is left will be burned. They will strip you of your beautiful clothes and jewels. In this way, I will put a stop to the lewdness and prostitution you brought from Egypt. You will never again cast longing eyes on those things or fondly remember your time in Egypt. For this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I will surely hand you over to your enemies, to those you loathe, those you rejected. They will treat you with hatred and rob you of all you own, leaving you stark naked. The shame of your prostitution will be exposed to all the world. You brought all this on yourself by prostituting yourself to other nations, defiling yourself with all their idols. Because you have followed in your sister's footsteps, I will force you to drink the cup of terror she drank. So they trust in other nations to protect them rather than God. They put their faith in other nations and material things in false alliances when they should be trusting in God to protect them. And they're turning to everything but God. And he says, you're going to drink from the wrath of God, the wrath of judgment. The cup is coming. In verse 32, yes, this is what the sovereign Lord says. You will drink from your sister's cup of terror, a cup that is large and deep. It is filled to the rim with scorn and derision. Drunkenness and anguish will fill you, for your cup is filled to the brim with distress and desolation. The same cup your sister Samaria drank. You will drain that cup of terror to the very bottom. Then you will smash it to pieces and beat your breast in anguish. I, the Sovereign Lord, have spoken. And because you have forgotten me and turned your back on me, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. You must bear the consequences of all your lewdness and prostitution. So the spiritual prostitution to false gods and the takeover of Assyria in the north, that happened in 722 B.C. In the southern judgment, Jerusalem is destroyed and the final exile happens in 586 B.C. And they are the judgment balls and they are forced into exile for their unfaithfulness to God. Our choices have consequences and they chose sin. So God let them be with their sin. He said, have it. He gave them tons of time to repent. He gave them warning after warning after warning, but they didn't heed the warning. In verse 36, the Lord said to me, son of man, you must accuse Ohola and Oholiba of all their detestable sins. They have committed both adultery and murder, adultery by worshiping idols and murder by burning as sacrifices the children they bore to me. Furthermore, they have defiled my temple and violated my Sabbath day. 
on the very day that they sacrificed their children to their idols, they boldly came into my temple to worship. They came in to defile my house. So here he's saying, like, they burn their children alive, and then they come to my temple to worship. And just the very, the, the disgust of the action that God is really calling them out on it. In verse 40, you sisters sent messengers to distant lanes to get men. Then when they arrived, you bathed yourself, painted your eyelids, and put on your finest jewels for them. You sat with them on a beautifully embroidered couch and put my incense and my special oil on the table that was spread before you. From your room came the sound of many men carousing. They were lustful men and drunkards from the wilderness who put bracelets on your wrists and beautiful crowns on your heads. Then I said, if they really want to have you with worn out prostitutes like these, let them. And that is what they did. They had sex with Ohola and Oholiba, these shameful prostitutes. But righteous people will judge these sister cities for what they really are, adulterers and murderers. Now, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Bring an army against them and hand them over to be terrorized and plundered, for their enemies will stone them and kill them with swords. They will butcher their sons and daughters and burn their homes. In this way, I will put an end to the lewdness and idolatry in the land, and my judgment will be a warning to all the women not to follow your wicked example. You will be fully repaid for all your prostitution, for your worship of idols. Yes, you will suffer the full penalty. Then you will know that I am the sovereign Lord. So they have every opportunity to turn to God, but they refuse. They burn their children, and that's where God calls it. And He's like, Enough of this. You're clearly not repenting. You're clearly not turning. The time is up. I'm not going to allow you to keep burning your children. This has got to stop. And God, He will protect the innocent. He will repent protect the people that are treated with injustice and his children, his people who are treated crudely, sin will be paid for. Justice will come and God will hold people accountable for the choices they make. And if we choose sin, if we desire sin, if we desire idols, if we desire the life around us, the temporary world around us and put that before God, God will let us have it. He'll let us walk in it and he'll give us over to our sin fully. And if we don't choose Jesus and choose God, we're going to have to pay for that sin. We have to be accountable for our choices and accountable for our actions. We have the opportunity. We have the gift. We have the freedom. It's so simple. We don't have to complicate it. We can choose Jesus. Believe Jesus. He died on the cross. God came to earth in man form. He sent Jesus to die on the cross so we could be saved. He bled every piece of his blood out of his body so that we could be saved and free from sin and forgiven for eternity. And he rose from the dead so that if we believe in him, we can rise with him. We can spend eternity with him. We are free from our sins. We have the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit within us to resist temptation, speak Jesus into our lives and say no to anything that tries to come our way and tries to tempt us. We have that power. We have that strength. We just have to choose Jesus, choose the seed of Christ every single day of our lives. Thanks, y'all. We will continue on with chapter 24 tomorrow. I hope you're having a great day.